kid. You ready? Yep. Well, let's play ball. We're just going to drive, uh, dive right into it. And just I'm just going to ask you, what is your baseball background and what are you doing uh, currently in baseball? Uh, baseball background, uh, played, played high school baseball at Miller High School, um, won a state championship in 2009. Then I played, uh, got a scholarship, played at Xavier University, um, which is in the Big East in Cincinnati, and was there for five years. Had a decent career. Uh, not great, not terrible. I think I, my average was uh, 284 as a career hitter. Um, I actually played two years of independent professional baseball. Uh, played in the Empire League one year, and the following year I played in the, the infamous Pecos League. And Sammy, let me tell you, the longer you you do this, you'll come across more guys who uh, maybe who have played in the Pecos League. It was an experience in itself. I was paid $57 a week. Um, I lived on a floor at a host family's house. We had eight or nine guys sleeping in the clubhouse of at the stadium, Adelanto Stadium um, in California. And uh, after that year, about halfway through, I said, well, I'm, I'm at rock bottom in, of professional baseball. Probably going to be should be smart of me to think about other options um, to stay in the game. I was 25, and so actually that's uh, the year. that that's It was that time period that I decided that I wanted to do a baseball podcast when I got back home. And so I got back home, and I contacted uh, people I knew. Like I think George Foster was the very first one. I'm, you know, I'm pretty pretty close with him. I, he's definitely older. You, you, know, you never saw him play, Sammy, but and I didn't actually either, but I'm sure your dad knows who he is, um, was on the Big Red Machine. And he was my first interview. So I've been doing that every single week since. I now have 120 episodes, and I coach high school baseball at Moeller now, and I give uh, give you know, hitting lessons um, as well as doing the podcast. So pretty much that takes up um, all my time right now. And I can tell you, there's been times where I or I've wanted to uh, not not record podcasts. You know, like anything else. Over time, uh, you know, you can. It's it's tough to get you know creative with things. It's it feels repetitive, but I've been able to to push through that, and I'm I, I'm proud that I've you know been able to come up with at least one episode every single week since I started in 2017. So I started this podcast to share knowledge uh, from a perspective of a kid for the kid in all of us, and you've been that like you said you've been caught, uh, podcasting for just a few years now. Uh, so what have you learned over the years of podcasting? You mean in regards to podcasting or in regards to like worrying about the game? Kind of uh, both. Okay. Um, podcasting, very good um, Very good question. I've learned a lot. And one of the things that I've learned, learned is it's very good like as a podcaster. I think I've told your, your dad this before. It's good to actually list, re-listen to your episodes. Um, I say that because – Early on, I was doing, and I probably did 30 or 40 episodes. My mom, she listens to every single one, and she's like, "Are you actually like studying? You know, how your interviewing skills? Are you? Do you feel like you're getting better? Because I've been listening for a while now, and you really haven't gotten any better." And I went back and, and actually started listening. I was like, "Man, I didn't know I, I said you know these same phrases over and over again." You know, I, there was times where I was like, "Please just stop talking. Like, let the guests talk." I was coming up, and it, it was it was really good for me though to um, understand 
that part of it and understand that, you know, the interviewing skills and I'll never forget, I, I actually had Chris Welsh on my podcast and he, he does uh, Fox Sports Ohio for the Reds. And I remember interviewing him and, and thinking to myself, this guy is so much more polished than I am right now at doing this. It's not even funny. And just like little things like, um, you know, saying the other person's name during the podcast, um, you know, giving, you know, letting there be a little bit of, of a break in between when the guest talks and when I talk and things like that, that that kind of stuff um, is something that I've been working on and continue to work on. And it's something that um, benefits um, it benefits, you know, the podcast, but it also benefits me when I started, you know, talking to other people and other facets of life. And and you have a you have a huge, huge advantage because you're starting this so much um, earlier than I was. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm really jealous because I've gotten 120 episodes so far. I can only imagine if I had started at your age, how much uh, more polished I'd be. And, you know, and the other thing is just the, the amount of people that I, I, I would have, um, gotten to know. And it's so, it's just, it's so cool. I mean, I've been able to go to, you know, different houses of, of, of people that used to watch t- playing on TV growing up. And, and then from a baseball side, um, I've been able, I'm, I've, I feel like I'm very, very open-minded to learning about the game and to learning about hitting uh, specifically. And I've learned so much um, in such a, I feel like a short amount of time because I've been, I, I feel open-minded. I mean, I definitely have some things that I, I are my kind of like my core beliefs um, in regards to the swing, but I've been very, very open-minded. Like for example, when you had you know, Bobby Tewksbury on, I'm, you know, I listen to I listen to hit that for sure because I'm a big fan of Bobby. Um, I listen to some other guys who are open-minded. Eugene Bleeker is open-minded. Um, he's uh, he's he's very passionate as well, and he says some really good things. So it's just open. I feel like I'm an open book when it comes to you know letting everyone know what I know, but at the same time, I have a lot of work to do um, in regards to using kind of just the technology that I have and applying it to players. And if I don't feel like, and I, this is a very important, I feel like with all this technology out there, if you're not a hundred percent sure, if it, if you can take that information and help a particular player, I actually won't, I won't even kind of like touch it. I'll just kind of go off my eye because I don't want to, what I don't want to happen is me, like ha- I get a player to chase a number, like to chase a, a per, you know, the perfect sequence because everyone's a little bit different. And I remember Joey Votto, um, they had him, um, they, I'm in Cincinnati right now. And so I, I follow the Reds and he kind of said the same thing. He's like, I'm not going to, you know, technology can be valuable, you know, at his, at, at, at my stage of my career, this is in his terms, at my stage of my career, I'm not going to, you know, change my swing based off of a number, a metric. And uh, granted, you know, he's Joey Votto. He can do that. I'm not saying that should be the case for everyone, but I, I just I am very careful um, because I don't want to just base um, what you know how a hitter moves based off of just one piece of tech. If that makes sense. So talking about the technology, uh, when you were my age, wh- uh, what do you think you could have done differently with the tech there is now? Um, I think. I, I would have been able to understand simple things like um, I always was taught to swing down. I literally remember being at my dad's house and I was very frustrated. This was actually not even – I mean I was actually a little bit older than you. I was uh, 16 years old 
And I remember being in the summertime and I was over at my dad's house and we live up in the woods and I was so frustrated because I couldn't, I'd never hit the ball in the air. I would just hit these line drives and I was a bigger kid and, you know, I always, I wanted to hit the ball in the air. And I remember one of my dad's buddies was over there and he handed me an ax and he's like, it's just like chopping wood. And so we literally was, we're chopping wood for like 30 minutes straight. And, you know, and he was telling me to swing down and chop wood, like literally with an ax in my hand. And so at the time I just remember like, I guess this is how you do it, but I, I can't imagine, you know, I, it's just, this, it seems weird, but I mean, I don't know clearly. And, um, and if I just had, would have had a simple blast motion or, or diamond kinetics, you know, it doesn't even matter which one in a sense, just to show me that, you know, swinging down is not efficient. You don't want to be negative. Um, that would have helped immensely. Um, doing these movement screens would have helped immensely set my swing up, set my stance up because I'm such a tight mover. I'm, I'm limited internal and external rotation in both hips. And so I'd always lunge at the ball because when I would stride towards the pitcher, my foot would be closed and just little stuff like that. Uh, K-Vest would have been awesome just to understand this, the proper sequence, because a lot of, again, I had no idea what, you know, what any of that was or what that meant. So, uh, that's what I try and actually do a lot of times is simplify it for players, for high school kids, um, and even younger, um, just because I don't want their uh, mind be filled with a hundred million different things because this is the hardest game there is and you're going to fail a lot. So I would just, I really want to keep it simple. What is your favorite piece of tech like right now today? Oh, tough question. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> since I'm with uh, a blast motion, maybe I'm, am I required to say that? Um, I, I actually would say uh, that's a good question. I would I would actually say a, a, um, a bat sensor because you know I have a K vest, but they're fifty five hundred dollars, and it's it's not realistic for everyone to go out and spend that. And I think there's so much value in a bat sensor to be able to track to um, to track attack angle, time to contact. I know bat speed. People will, can say, um, and I, and I, I cool, clearly have test players, and I know sometimes players hit balls harder when their bat speed goes down. But I mean, from an overall standpoint, um, I would say a bat sensor um, is probably my favorite tech because of the simplicity of it right now and because of it's, it's affordable for pretty much anybody. So I've heard you recently started coaching a summer ball team. So first, what age are they? Uh, but more importantly, what did you learn about players on a field different from what you uh, know or learn about players in the cage? Great question. Um, yes, I did. I did recent. I was my first year coaching high school summer baseball again. Last year, I, I coached in a college summer league. Um, it's 16 years old. Um, the team is called the Flames, Cincinnati Flames. I played uh, when I was 18 for the same organization. And it's a completely different it's a different mindset when it's when it's on the field coaching players because you you don't have time to give a one-on-one lesson during a game and that's what that's what's important to note um, on Twitter and all these things when you know you go, I can go on it and craft the most perfect tweet of all time and look so smart but that doesn't really apply to actual coaching in a game you know I have kids coming up to me what I do wrong last at bat well I don't have time to necessarily uh, think back 
and you know kind of go through the the perfect you know give the perfect explanation like they need something right now and it could be something where it's a confidence booster more than anything right it could be but i but again it goes back to i like keeping things simple um you know uh, having good posture throughout the swing is important so for some players um i i i was and I'd hope I don't go on, go on a tangent here, but I remember last summer I had a player. I was um, all in on this um, on on the self organization and external feedback and all that sort of stuff. And I had a player who um, is at LSU right now playing, and um, I don't know if I think he knew he starts as a freshman, as a true freshman. And he's like, actually, I like internal cues, and I want you to tell me if I'm doing something wrong with my swing mechanically during the game. That helps me. And so that kind of threw me off. Like, whoa! I thought I thought you know we weren't supposed to talk about mechanics during the games or give. So that that scenario right there opened me up and to realize uh, everyone's a little bit different. I need to get to know these kids really, really well. I, I just uh, right before I hopped on here, I had one of the kids on my summer team come up here, and you know, and more than anything. I, just I want to be able to, to to really get to know him because that's very important. I want to get to know how he how he learns, how he, what does he feel when he does you know uh, has a good swing versus bad swing, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's completely different in a cage setting um, versus in a game. Um, and summer baseball is a, a, a different beast in its of itself. Um, we've had a few different Division One college coaches out to watch us in these tournaments, and I didn't re- I. I remember that sort of as a player, but I guess it's just a, a little bit different. Um, and it it takes it does take me back a little bit to how important it is to do the little stuff, like run hard through the base, even if you go if you ground out and you're mad because these coaches they kind of actually want you to hit a ground ball because they want to know you're home to first time. Like they, that's one of the things they're scouting you on, so it's really important to do that. And, um, just little stuff like, like that, I would say is, is important. Um, but being, uh, being a good teammate, you know, not, not staying serious, that sort of thing is just as important as well. Okay. Getting out of baseball a little bit. Uh, how much do you love graders ice cream? Ooh, well, I love graders ice cream. Um, not as much as my dad who is obsessed, but I do love it. I love, um, they have uh, chocolate cakes there as well that I love that they also have donuts. Um, but I, I love that. My favorite is the double chocolate chip, um, two scoops in a, in a cup. It's my go-to. I went to grade school, um, St. Vincent fair, and you could walk to graders from my grade school. So many, many times, uh, K through eight. All those years, I can't even ima- I can't even tell you how many times I went to Graders, and it was incredible. If you ever have you ever had Graders? Uh, yeah. Okay, best I was gonna say. If you, yes, best best. It, it is awesome. If you're ever in Cincinnati, we need to we need to go to a Graders for sure because it is it is really incredible. Um, yeah, double chocolate chip, no doubt about it. It's the best. Yep. And for everybody who doesn't know what Graders is like listening to this, it's a world famous ice cream shop in Cincinnati, all over Ohio. It's amazing. Go check it out if you live there. Um, last question. Sammy, Sammy, you need like a coupon code too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last question here. So uh, what is, who is your favorite player you ever got to interview or shared the field with? Ooh. Um, you know, I, I, I would say, 
my interview, uh, when I went over to Bronson Arroyo's house and did a, a podcast with him, that was really cool because you, him playing for the Reds um, and me growing up in Cincinnati, I was a, a Reds fan. And so you hear so many different things about different players, about you know him being a huge partier and not really work hard. And when you kind of interact with him in person, you, you kind of you get where he comes from in a sense where he's just he's enjoying life. But he gets his work in too, and don't you know? And, and just because he was one of those guys who had the reputation of, of always going out and partying, I mean, I think he even told the story in the podcast uh, that we did together. He's like, I, I never, you know, half the time, um, one of his teammates said, you know, I see Bronson out all the time, but I never see him with a drink in his hand. And so I think it, it kind of it caused me to kind of take a step back and not. Um, not kind of just make, you know, stereotype, I guess, and things like that. And he's just a, a, an open book and just the experiences he's had. Um, and, and it was just cool. I mean, it was cool for him to just call me up and say, like, hey, man, I heard, you know, been trying to get in contact and do this podcast. And why don't you, you know, I'll text you my address and let's come on down and do it. And it was it was pretty sweet. So I would definitely say Bronson Royal. Thank you so much. Again, if anyone wants to Joe, uh, everybody go check out uh, Patrick Jones podcast. It is just passion. What? Yeah, just Patrick Jones baseball. There it is. Uh, thank you so much for playing ball. Uh, absolutely. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. Thank you, CJL715, for the review this week. And don't forget to play ball, kid.